chapter <coughs> 24 contains a story. And the book of Vayikra that we've been looking at has exactly two stories in the entire book, neither of which is a particularly happy story. The first one is the death of Aaron's sons, Nadav and Avihu. And the second story, which begins in chapter 24, verse number 10, is about an incident that took place in the desert. In verse number 10, it says, Vayetzei ben Isha Yisraelit, v'hu ben Ish Mitzri, betoch b'nei Yisrael, v'yinatsu b'machaneh, ben ha-Yisraelit v'ish ha-Yisraeli. They came out among the Israelites, one whose mother was Israelite, whose father was Egyptian. A fight broke out in the camp between that half-Israelite and a certain Israelite. So there's a fight, a quarrel and a fight. And during this fight, it's not clear why, it says, that for some reason, unstated in the text, this one, this person who was, mother was a Jewish woman and the father was an Egyptian, cursed, pronounced the name of God and blasphemed the name of God. They brought him to Moshe, probably well, not probably, it says in verse number 12, they placed him in a mishmar. Mishmar is custody, a holding pen, until it was clear what they should do. What is the punishment of such a person? And the divine response is that this person is committed a terrible crime, capital offense, and that the community should take responsibility and stone this person. No cave shem Hashem yumat, rogom yirgamu bo kol ha'ida, kager ka'azrach, b'nok voshem yumat. So he's to be put to death by the congregation. Uh, And actually, it says later on that they did so in verse number 23, last verse of the chapter. They took him outside the camp. That's the story. And right after we are told about the story, before we're told that they actually carried out the punishment, the Torah segues into other laws about uh, civil law, uh, criminal law. The Torah says in, after it talks about in general the crime of blasphemy, in verse 17 it talks about murder. So murder is a capital of offense. That person should be put to death. On the other hand, in verse 18, But if you kill an animal, that's you have to pay for it. You shall mena, monetary restitution, and then in verse nineteen, the <coughs> ishki ten mumba mito, 
If a person wounds another person, what he did should be done to him. Shever tachat shever, ayin tachat ayin, eye for an eye, etc., etc. There's a long discussion whether that's to be taken literally, an eye for an eye, or does it mean monetary restitution? That's not our topic right now. But the Torah segues into this over here. And this law applies to everybody. Kagir ka ezrach, ki ani Hashem elokechem, that's verse number 22. Mishpat echad yelachem. Now this story over here reminds us of a story that appeared in the very beginning of the description of Israel in the land of Egypt. Actually, two stories. And that's in the second chapter of the book of Exodus. Second chapter of the book of Exodus is all about the birth of Moshe and Moshe's upbringing. The Torah says that Moshe, of course, we know, is born to a Hebrew woman, Hebrew man and woman, but uh, they put him in a little basket and they put him by the side of the Nile. All the Hebrew boys were in danger of being drowned in the Nile. And the sister is watching and Pharaoh's daughter comes by and sees the little boy and has pity on him and takes him. And then the sister runs down and says, can I find you a nursing woman from the Hebrews? And the Pharaoh's daughter says, yes, I'll, I'll even pay for it. And the sister brings Moses back to his mother. And only later is Moshe returned to Pharaoh's daughter. So Moshe actually is brought up by Pharaoh's daughter but also was nursed and raised by his own mother. And I would add perhaps his own sister as well. The Torah says that when Moshe grew up, Moshe, he's living with Pharaoh's daughter, but he grows up. And the Torah says in the second chapter, verse number 11 of chapter 2 of Exodus, Vayar he went out to his brethren, his brothers. It's not clear who the brothers are yet because he's living with Pharaoh's daughter. On the other hand, we know about the sister who was watching him. And that may be the decisive factor. He has an Egyptian mother, he has a Hebrew mother, but he has a sister. So he goes to his brethren. He sees their suffering. He sees the Egyptian beating, hitting an Ishivri, a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And Moshe looks this way and that way. No one else is around. He hits, it means he kills the Egyptian. He buries him in the sand. He goes out the next day and two Hebrews, two Ivrim are Nitzim. That's the word that we have in our story. He said to the wicked one, Why do you hit your friend? Who made you a prince and a judge? Would you kill me the way you killed the Egyptian? And Moshe became frightened and said, The matter is known. So there were two stories. In the first episode, it's about the Egyptian beating the Jew. In the second episode, two Jews are fighting. 
But even in the second story where the two Hebrews are fighting, and Moshe reprimands one of them, what, you would kill me the way you killed the Egyptian? One has a sense, who made you a, a, a ruler? Who made you a judge? So what you have over there in that verse is a rejection of justice, a rejection of judgment, and of course a rejection of Moses as well. And even the sense, you killed the Egyptian. Now the Egyptians are beating up on the Hebrews. doesn't matter. But it rep- represents that the Israel in Egypt, sad to say, on some level has a respect for the very people that are persecuting them. But you killed the Egyptian. Our story in Vayikra, one might say, is a culminating story. This, is in the, this story takes place in the very beginning. And what it's about is, who made you a show fate? It's a rejection of Mishpat. Part of being in Egypt is a rejection of Mishpat. It re- actually reminds us of the verse in the book of Genesis, when Lot, Abraham's nephew, goes to Sodom. And the Sodomites surround Lot's house. He's taken in two strangers. And they, Lot says, listen, take my daughters. That's wrong. But don't harm my guests. And the people of Sodom say, Look at this fellow. He came as a resident, as a sojourner, as a guest in our community. And now he wants to be a judge? Now he wants to make moral decisions? We're going to harm him more than the others. They try to kill Lot or to abuse Lot. So our story actually, which takes place, chapter 24 precedes chapter 25. Chapter 25, as we will see, in a certain sense, is a culminating chapter. And what the Torah seems to be saying over here is that now uh, the people are ready to hear what the rules of justice are. Mishpat echad yelochem, you shall have mishpat for all of you. Kager ka'ezrach, everybody is included. And in, with the acceptance of the mishpat, which is the culmination of chapter 24, there's a sense that we have moved forward from the time we were in the land of Egypt. The truth of the matter is that the story of the half-Egyptian and half-Hebrew who blasphemes God actually partakes of both stories. It reminds us of the story of the Egyptian beating the Hebrew. It reminds us of the two Hebrews who were fighting. And it's very interesting that the Midrash says something interesting about that first story. It says in our chapter that the name of the mother of this half-Hebrew, half-Egyptian, was Shlomit Batifri. Rashi actually quotes a Midrash. The story is like this, says Rashi. In the first story, the Egyptian was beating the Hebrew. Why was the Egyptian beating the Hebrew? Because the Egyptian taskmaster had gone into the Hebrew's house when he was working, saw his wife, and he had an affair with, or perhaps raped, this man's wife. And the man suspected him. So the taskmaster was beating up the Hebrew because the Hebrew man suspected him of misbehavior with his wife. And actually, actually, there's a very important point about the Medrash and a very deep point about the experience of Egypt. And that is, what's wrong with slavery is that it's an institution which allows for abuse. 
course, ostensibly he's beating him because he's not doing his work. But the truth of the matter is, that's not the reason he's beating him. And when you look at chapter 2 of Exodus, you will see that the verb to see, vayar, appears three times in terms of Moshe. Moshe sees, and Moshe sees, and Moshe sees. And when Moshe sees, perceives, he says something wrong with, with, the, with, with the culture. The culture lends itself to abuse. Moshe sees beyond the superficial. Moshe understands the nature of it. And in killing the Egyptian, actually, it's not just killing the Egyptian. He's striking against the very institution of slavery. And our chapter brings it full circle. Our chapter ends with Mishpat, that in traveling through the desert and hopefully entering the land, we have to prepare ourselves by understanding and accepting the ramifications of what it means to live with Mishpat, to live with a system of justice, and to become a just people.